You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. afternoon ladies and gentlemen and welcome to a brand new episode of the co-op podcast i'm your host richard bailey jr and today i'm joined by mr gary Aswebi. how's it going gary it's going good thank you very much um i just want to say i want to apologize to some people for last week because people were saying my mic level wasn't uh it was too low um, and that was actually because of OBS. Um, we did do like a mic check before we started, but um, OBS actually lowered my uh, voice. So what you guys heard was different to what the guys on the cast were hearing. Uh, but I did manage to edit it and, um, you know, uh, make it better on, on the audio version. But um, if you guys are listening right now, then definitely let, let me know if I'm too low, too high. And, you know, I can make adjustments as is, but... Yeah, good to be back on another co-op. We got some interesting topics today to discuss, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Definitely uh, glad that uh, the audio issue is resolved. I didn't know that you had audio issues last week, so this is definitely news to me. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure everything is is, is, is is pretty good for now. So, won't be no problems. Oh yeah, should be. Should be good. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, as Gary already mentioned, yeah, there's a lot to, to, to discuss this week because uh, there's been a lot of activity. Uh, GDC actually is taking place tomorrow in San Francisco. Um, I wish that I could have attended GDC this year, but uh, I have other responsibilities in terms of my work schedule, so that absolutely wasn't going to happen. Um, but definitely looking forward to talking about what does go down next week because there's a lot of things that are going to come from that. So um, we'll get into a lot of that as well as the news topics for this week. But before we do that, we need to have a discussion and talk about what we have been playing and what we've been up to. So I'm going to actually go to you first, Gary. How about you let us know what you've been playing and what you've been up to? Um, so, of course, you know, I've been playing Overwatch. Um, not too much to talk about except the fact that the new hero is coming this week. So I can't wait to, uh, well, I probably won't even get to try the new hero when it comes out because people always just insta-lock that character. When when the new hero comes out, like everybody just picks that character. So I probably won't get to try him out for a while, but I am interested in seeing how the new hero is going to change the game because at the moment, uh, you know, with the Overwatch League going on and stuff, we have this uh, meta that they're stuck in where... They're, they're, they're running three tanks and three supports and uh, that's getting boring because people want to see people play DPS heroes too uh, especially like the best DPA pl- DPS players in the world we want to actually see them playing you know attack characters and stuff and not just tanks all the time um, but yeah I'm looking forward to the new hero coming out um, so that should be cool but also this week I've been playing a, a new game that came out, and I, I must say I'm very impressed by this game. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that game is The Division Two. 
And uh, th- this game has made me completely forget about Anthem. Like I have, oh, whoa! Now I have whoa. zero interest in going back to Anthem because <laughs> Division Two is fire. Like, let me just say that. Like, let me start off saying that. Like, Division Two is fire, straight up. Um, this game is really good. Like, they, they Ubisoft did a great job with this. Um, one of the, the the best things about this game is the enemy AI. Like, I haven't had to think about my moves that much in a game in a very long time because the enemy ai is on point like you really have to just keep it moving you have to think about every move you're making you have to you have to like reload your weapons before you proceed like you have to remember to reload your shotgun because people are going to flank you like all the time you cannot just sit in cover you can't just like sit down and pop up and shoot you can't do that you have to constantly be on the move you have to know what you're doing. You have to, you know, use your abilities well. Like the the game is 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 it's really intense, man. And um, the loot system, I love it. Like it's it's everything I love about grinding in games. Like you know, looting, getting new equipment, and you know, making progress with the map and everything. Like getting new safe houses, and you know, it's just it's amazing. Like the game is really good. Like if you if you like online tactical shooters slash looter shooters this is like the perfect game um it's even better than the first game which is hard for people to do like people don't always get the sequel right like destiny like because the first destiny was incredible and i feel like i feel like destiny 2 was just like average you know like it just it didn't live up to it but this game is like i i can already say it's better than the first game in my opinion um and you know the dark zone is better like you know you can uh that there's i mean there is risk like for the really good equipment and stuff the contaminated stuff there is risk of losing your your gear and everything but um you can also leave there and you can still have some of the stuff that you gained there as well um so you know it's not all uh win or lose kind of thing like you you can have you can get stuff in the dark zone and keep it um the only the only problem is that uh with the the confrontation mode the pvp mode um it's a little unbalanced because people are like the stats people have are like just so unfair like people have certain things where like if you're if you're new to the game if you're in like the early levels you're gonna you're just gonna get like completely wrecked like completely dominated by play more experienced players because they have all the stat boosts all the best equipment and things like that like and you know the more experienced players have farmed the the dark zone so they have all this like exotic equipment and gear and stuff that you don't have so it's a bit unbalanced like playing the uh the conflict mode but um hopefully they fix that you know and make it a little more balanced so that it is actually fair and fun to play um but you know to be honest i don't play this game for pvp anyway like i would rather just stick to pve like and teaming up with people and just you know running hard missions and stuff together um that's what i like about the game but i know some people love pvp so you know 
Um, but yeah, like this game so far, this this like the best game I played in a while, like in terms of new games. So yeah, I, I reckon I highly recommend this game. You know, to to everyone. Uh, I know Rich, you played it before. I'm not sure if you've played it since it's been out, but um, I know you had some time to play it before. So, uh, like, what's your thoughts on Division Two? Well, actually, uh, I I have been playing the Division Two. Uh, okay. I was able to I was able to put some time in in, in it uh, yesterday, uh, a little bit on Friday night, because uh, you know, like I said, I had a pretty busy week at work. Uh, so I didn't really have a lot of time to play it, but I, I, what I have spent so, so far in terms of the time, uh, I pretty much agree with everything you had to say. The, the game was fantastic. You know, when we went to the preview event, uh, it, back in, uh, a couple of months ago was myself and Mr. Tony Polanco. Uh, we already at that point thought the game was, was excellent. I know, I know that there's some people that came out and they criticized the game, even though they weren't at the event and they didn't get a chance to play it. They were criticizing certain things about the game. But from what I understand now, I haven't heard really anybody complain about this game, including uh, our very own, uh, or rather the Throwdown's very own, Mr. Adam Vale. Because he was one of the people that was looking at what other people were saying about the game and just was complaining about certain stuff. And now he loves the game. He's been sending me text messages about while he's at work. I can't wait to get home and play the Division 2. Yes, I, I know. And I told you the game was going to be so I had to put him on the spot with that one. But, um, yeah, the game is great, what I have played so far. Um, in terms of it being uh, great, but as far as loot, like, if you, like I know one thing I do love to do when I play games, if it, if any game that requires collectibles or just getting a whole bunch of loot, I instantly love those games because I am somebody who likes to get everything in those types of, of, of open-world games. So, so far... I don't really have any complaints about the division. Now, I will say that I've only played a few story missions and some of the uh, side missions, so I'm not too far into the campaign yet. Uh, it's very easy to start playing that game, and as you're roaming the, the world, just get caught up in all types of other things that are going on, uh, whether it's trying to capture a certain area, a capture point, or even if it's just trying to find the different collectibles and things stashed throughout the, the whole environment. It's very easy to get caught up in that side stuff. So I can see that I'll definitely be playing this game for quite a while, but that's one thing I love about it. I really feel like if you're into this type of game, you can get this game and you'll be good for like, I, I want to say a couple of months. I know some people are going to just rush through the campaign, but the in game content is definitely, you know, Ubisoft does have a plan for how they're going to support this stuff, so I definitely think this is one game where if you're into these type of open-world shooters with looting, you can pick this game up, and you'll be good for a long while. Yeah, so. and I, like, for those people playing, um, I recommend not rushing the, the story missions. Like, you should take some time to do the side stuff so you can really build up your gear and, you know, get some, some more... Uh, perks and upgrades and stuff like that um like i i spent like a few hours on one control zone like because i got my ass kicked like when i was playing solo <laughs> i was playing solo and i got my ass kicked at one of those control zones and i just kept coming back every time i upgraded just to see if i could like you know uh take the zone over or whatever but um like that that's what i like about the game too because like when you when you die or you you know you lose a mission or something 
you feel like it's your fault like it doesn't feel cheap and it you know it doesn't feel like um you know the game is unfair like you know that you did something wrong and next it, it gives you more motivation to play it again and you know keep replaying that part until you beat it and then when you beat it you know it feels uh very validating so that's why i like about the game Oh yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. And everything you had to say about the, the enemy AI, yes, because I have been playing a couple of these missions solo as well. And man, yeah, you definitely get humbled very quickly. You know, it, like, like I, I will admit, when I did the very first mission, the rescue mission, I was able to get through that, and I didn't die one time. But after that mission, and as I started to level up, then the enemy AI gets a lot more difficult. And at that point, yeah, you definitely will need some assistance. Uh, as you get deeper into a lot of these story-based missions. So that definitely happens. But um, it, it, yeah, this is without a doubt, uh, I would say, in my opinion, one of the one of the better games I've played so far this year. Granted, I haven't played Devil May Cry yet. Uh, I did play the demo of that. I still intend to pick that game up as well. But uh, so far, in terms of games that I actually want to keep coming back to, they have a hook in this game that just, like, even after you played for a couple of hours or what have you, you definitely feel the need, like, you want to keep going back to it. Not just to complete the story, but just to com- complete, just just to keep leveling up, leveling up your character and seeing more of what the world has to offer. And I think that right there is something that I'm very curious to see how Ubisoft keeps that momentum up. Because, again, as I mentioned, they do have a content schedule of the things that they're planning to do to keep adding more to this particular game. But uh, what they have so far, it, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty solid. I, I don't really have any any real complaints at the moment. Um, but yeah, definitely a game that is recommended that people should check out, especially if they love the first game. Now, in terms of the first game in this, in this game, which game is better, uh, I didn't really go back to the original Division. I got to a certain point in that game and then there were some other games that came out that I started playing, so I didn't go back to it. I was considering going back to it as we got closer to, the, to this release, but I just didn't have, I, I just haven't had the time. Uh, so, so far, I would say I'm definitely enjoying this game a lot more. This definitely feels like they learned from the first game and certain areas of things that they can improve upon, and they've done that based on what I have seen so far. Now, I don't know if certain things will fall apart as I get deeper into the game because I haven't completed the campaign yet, but I definitely, definitely feel that this is a much more improved upon version of the first game. Um, so I'm looking forward to definitely diving in and spending more time leveling up my character and exploring the campaign as well as the dark drone and the multiplayer stuff as well. Uh, so we'll see, but yeah, that, um, to answer your question, yeah, that that, that definitely is, is what I have been playing uh, for the last few days. Uh, haven't really had a chance to play anything else, but um, I do reckon that that's going to change because there's a couple of games coming out this month that I still want to spend some time with also. But yeah, D- Division 2 was awesome. I, I don't really have any real complaints. And uh, I definitely can also say we are going to have a review for that very soon. Uh possibly by Tuesday, so make sure you stay tuned to the website. You'll get more impressions from a few others that have been playing the game that are part of the, of the team as well. So stay tuned for that. So, uh, 
that pretty much uh, sums up what you've been playing also for this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was it. So so before we move, move on to the news, uh, I have to put you on the spot, Gary. Uh, you do have some other news that you need to definitely share on this particular show to let people know oh. about. You, 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 you have something coming out soon that I think people should definitely uh, know about. So the floor is yours. Oh, you caught me off guard with that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess you're talking about uh, the, the, the the books that I wrote. So um, I have two books coming out on March 26th. Uh, one of them is called Descendant of the Elders and the other is called Starfade. Uh, the first one is, you know, sci-fi fantasy kind of story about a space marine who gets caught up in you know uh this this other dimension and uh there's a conspiracy going on with one of his fellow remi- uh, marines sorry um and you know the 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 guy is called Brandon Watson and he has sickle cell anemia which is you know the same disease that I I've had all my life so it's about that basically and him trying to uh him trying to you know defeat the the marine gone wrong while suffering from sickle cell and things like that and then uh the other book is a novella which means it's more of a short story um and that's about a hacker uh it's set in the same universe and uh yeah she's trying to find out who murdered her brother basically and she gets caught up in a government conspiracy so uh yeah those are two books sci-fi fantasy if you like that you know uh definitely check them out march 26th but um yeah, that's pretty much it. So, so I just, I just want to say very, very quickly. Uh, and yes, I hate to put you on the spot, Gary, but I, I have to say, I, 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 I'm, I'm not only proud of you for getting working on these projects, but I, man, this is motivational to hear this stuff because, again, you know, obviously everybody knows we come on this show, we always talk about video games, but you know, we do have other aspirations outside of the site as well. Uh, I know you have been writing for a very long time, probably a little bit longer than, than I have, but um, it is a passion. So I, I definitely think it's great to encourage people to pursue their passion projects in life. And like I said, I hope that the book is a success. I'm pretty sure that other things may happen as a result of this book that you didn't anticipate. And I'm very excited and looking forward to seeing what happens as a result of this. But uh, I definitely say it is motivational for me because there are some things that I have been working on. I haven't really talked about it publicly. I will talk about it when the time is right. But uh, definitely want to encourage people, if there is something that you want to pursue and do in life, you 100% should do it. Don't worry about how bad it might turn out or how good it's going to turn out. Just if it's something that's on your heart to do, I would encourage you to definitely do it. And then you may be surprised at what the outcome is. So... Definitely Indeed. wanted to 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 to, uh, to say that because uh, I think that's important. But yes, Indeed, man. Like we're we're all talented people, you know. I know uh, Rich has some some passion projects that he's going to be working on in the future. So um, you know, we're we're all talented people, man. And I, I want to encourage everyone, like you know, if you are just you know, if you like repurpose your passions, like you know, for for us, we love video games, and you know. Um, Mass Effect and Dragon Age and Final Fantasy, like these were all big inspirations in these books that I wrote, like personally. So everyone should like repurpose what they love and put it into, you know, 
some kind of project of their own, you know, something that they can call their own and put out there into the world for other people to, to look at, you know, because we've all got stories inside of us. So um, everyone should be, you know, doing things like that, doing creative things, doing positive things that impact other people. So, you know, everyone, everyone has a, a story to tell. I agree 100%. Uh, couldn't have said it better than you said it. So that, 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 that was excellent. So definitely, definitely follow that advice for those that, if, if you definitely want to pursue something, definitely take Gary's advice and definitely do it and find out what happens as a result. Take, take the risk. And it may, it might, might just be, end up being a big payoff. So yes, on, on that note, now we'll get back into the gaming stuff because apparently, you know, a lot of people are here for the gaming news. So let's get to the gaming news of this week. The first story, uh, a, a very controversial one that uh, that Gary definitely wanted us to touch upon. Uh, it involves uh, Gary and uh, our very good friend Remise's favorite company, Electronic Arts, aka EA. Because um, I know that Gary and Remise very much enjoyed Mass Effect, Andromeda, as well as Dragon Age in- Inquisition. So I have to put them on the spot with, with that one. So. Uh, <laughs> There was news that came out this week that EA paid uh, Ninja to promote Apex Legends. Um, so, uh, Gary, you want to touch upon this topic, so I'm going to let you start this off, and, and I'll have a few things to say about this as well. Yeah, so uh, when I when I saw that, I was like, wow, man. Like, cause, like do, do, do you want to know how much I would do for EA if they gave me $1 million? Like, I would... <laughs> I would knock on every single door in a six mile radius and tell everybody who answers to go buy the game. Like, like I would, man, like they gave him $1 million to stream Apex Legends. Now, I understand the logic because, you know, um, he's like the number one streamer in the world right now and the number one Fortnite streamer, you know, um, so the easiest way for them to sell their battle royale game is to take the the number one Fortnite streamer and tell him to you know play their game instead um but to give him one million dollars for that like wow like that that's that's crazy to me and that goes to show how much things are changing when it comes to video games and video games media and you know that's why you know over the past few years you know things have been changing for us too in the way we you know um do our content and the way people receive our content and things like that you know and it's because of reasons like this like um deals like this are happening all the time uh more than you know as a matter of fact and yeah like uh, this is what um just to go back to the e3 conversation we had you know this is what it's coming to this is why um you know EA, I mean, sorry, the E3 committee has opened up that event to the public now because video games media just isn't the same anymore. Like, you know, and, um, and like I fear for some of the big outlets out there because if things like this continue, you're giving more power over to, you know, and it's not particularly a bad thing. I'm not saying that this is a bad thing for the, the guy who puts in a lot of work streaming and, things like that you know people who put in a lot of work and time streaming and making youtube content that should be recognized you know especially if they've gained an audience and they've done it legitimately you know um 
that should be recognized that should be praised because that is hard work but you know it's it's definitely taking away a lot of resources from traditional uh media people like people like us who came up blogging and and writing articles and reviews and editorials and you know um even to some extent you know the uh, the giant bombs of the world the games uh the VG247s, the, you know, all the, the polygons, all the other outlets out there, it takes away a lot of credibility from what they do when um, things like this are happening. Because it's like, Rich, can you imagine how much we would have done if we were given a million dollars? Like, we would do a lot. Like, we would have done so much. Like, the coalition would have been like, <laughs> we would have been yep. IGN overnight, basically. Like, if if that happened like because we would work so hard to to earn that one million like to prove that we you know we deserve that one million and for ninja it's like he's gonna wake up and he's gonna do the same thing he did every single day you know um but except that he's playing apex legends instead of fortnite um so that's crazy to me but you know i'm not knocking his hustle at all like you know he he did the hard work he gained his audience and stuff i'm just saying that for the publishers to do that they really are kind of shitting on traditional video games media a little bit and um i feel like there's going to be a point in the future where uh you know there's so many streamers and so many youtube uh you know bloggers or whatever that people are going to be like you know i, I need some more substantial content as well and that's when people are going to start missing like you know the video game reviews and things like that like the, the things that we came up doing you know um so yeah that's just my thing that's that's my point i feel like there's so much more they could have done with that one million dollars but at the same time i can't knock ninja's hustle but how do you feel about it rich Oh, no. Well, first and foremost, I definitely agree that there's a lot more they could have done with the $1 million, but uh, we're definitely not hating on Ninja. Uh, I, I agree with pretty much everything you had to say. So the first point, uh, let me just say this first and foremost. I think I, I've said a couple times on this show that uh, I'm not really a fan of, of EA. I know last year when we went to EA Play, that was a pretty much a horrible experience. And to know that they're not having a conference this year, uh, I'm glad because... I just think that there's a lot of games people were expecting them to reveal last year that they didn't reveal. Uh, we didn't get NBA Street, uh, you know, obviously. Uh, the Dragon Age reveal, we got that at the Video Game Awards show. A lot of people thought we were going to get that a little bit sooner, but uh, obviously the focus is on Anthem. That's totally fine. But uh, it's just, it, you know, for what it's worth, um, I, I just want to start with the disclaimer that I said that I'm not really too much of a, a huge EA fan. I will give them credit when they release great games. As I said, uh, A Way Out, that was an excellent game. I still, to me, one game that I think was slept on a lot last year, but is a game people should definitely check out if they have a friend and they want to play it with their friend, definitely check it out. But uh, EA has not been doing a pretty good job. Uh, in terms of some of the stuff that I've wanted to see. You know, Mass Effect Andromeda, that was a disaster. Um, I haven't played Anthem yet. Uh, I definitely want to try out Anthem, although I am skeptical uh, because of some of the feedback that I've already heard from people within our circle that have spoken about the game. But I will check it out at some point in time. But to get back on to this whole thing about what happened with Ninja, um, 
again, as I said, I'm not hating on Ninja. You know, I'm glad that he's able to make the money he was able to make from streaming. Uh, I do find it interesting that they were paying uh, to promote Apex Legends because the game has, from what I have seen, it's gotten positive feedback from pretty much everybody. So I, I don't know if this is a deal that took place prior to the game coming out because from what I saw, as soon as the game came out, it was, it was a success. I haven't heard that from day one people were talking about this game. Uh, so I... Um, I mean, I, I don't really feel that they needed to spend the extra money to get more attention to it. But again, Ninja does have a huge audience, bigger than uh, some of these outlets out here right now. So I understand why they did it. And this is when it gets to the whole point of it being uh, a business decision, uh, as well as the shareholders as well, because they want to make sure they get as many eyes as possible on their games. So from a business standpoint, I totally understand why they did it. Uh what, to, to go to the point of what you said, how it impacts other media outlets. Well, yeah, it definitely impacts other media outlets, smaller outlets such as, you know, uh, you know, our site or other sites. Yeah, we definitely get impacted in terms of how we deal with certain publishers. Uh, but I, but as you said, that that is the changing landscape of things right now, because uh, I do know there are a lot of people out here that you know a lot of the more popular. Uh, streaming audiences that have bigger audiences, I can understand why a company would gravitate towards them because of the audience that they have and thinking that that is going to increase their sales. So I, I don't have a problem with that from the business standpoint because I feel like that that has been happening. We, we've seen that change happen in this industry over the last several years. Because uh, I can recall when I joined the coalition, that wasn't anything that was, I mean, it pretty much is... Traditional media pretty much did what they were doing, and there wasn't really anything at that point. But then a couple of years later, you start seeing a lot more YouTubers, so on and so forth, getting into these events, getting set games early, so on and so forth. So I definitely think this is where the industry is headed. Um, and I guess that it more so has to be about you just trying to find the right person having a great relationship with that person in terms of the business relationship and hoping that, you know, they can continue to send you products for review, so on and so forth. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to, to really get into that without really, cause I mean, th th this is a topic that we can literally spend a whole podcast talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think, um, this is where the industry is at right now. Um, not necessarily, I guess a bad thing, depending on who you ask, uh, for those of us that are impacted, though, you definitely can't help but feel a certain type of way. But again, I, I don't really fault uh, Ninja because he's making the money. He does this stream. He's been streaming. He does this. This is what he does. So I'm not hating on that. Um, but uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see how things develop over time because, again, this is I think this is just a standard practice now. Uh, one quick thing I will mention, and then I'll go back to you, is uh, you know that it's pretty much a growing trend when you see like actual people at companies like sending out tweets about we're looking for streamers, YouTube, YouTuber, YouTubers, etc. Because when they announced Mortal Kombat 11, like I saw the actual community manager over at NetherRealm sending out tweets talking about, if, are you a streamer or a YouTuber? We want we want you to contact us immediately. We'll get you access to the game, all this other stuff. So I thought that was interesting when I saw that. Because, um, uh, 
yeah, I, I would not have definitely wouldn't have seen that in the past. But this is just where the industry is at right now, I guess. So oh, yeah. things have definitely changed, man. Like, and you know, like I, I don't have a problem with things changing because that's just a natural progression of life. You know, things evolve, things change. That that happens. It's mm-hmm. just uh, the only thing is, it's like when you do this, like when you give one million to to one streamer, it's like you're devaluing the entire you know video games media like you know um like people like us who have grinded from the bottom up to where we are and it's like you know it's completely devalued because now like people are going to see that one million dollars you gave to one streamer and everyone's going to be like okay screw you know going to to screw getting a degree for journalism and trying to do this video game site thing I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna stream you know i'm just gonna stream that's it like and then you have then streaming becomes saturated then you know um and what happens when streaming becomes saturated you're just gonna have like the the, the top one percent of people and you know everyone else is just like you know obsolete so uh you know that's that's, that's what happens when things like this happen um, that's but, that, that that's absolutely true so Okay, you said my mic level dropped. I'll, I'll try and fix that, Mark. But uh, thanks. Uh oh. Um, uh oh. <laughs> but yeah, what was I gonna say? Uh... Oh no. Well, let, well, let, well, let me just say real quickly. Yeah, I, I agree with what you have to say. Uh, and 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 the other thing is, you know, and this this is an issue that I think it falls upon not just the person that decides to stream. But also the person that decides to do video games, cover video games in any way, shape, or form. It kind of feels like with times changing, you have to also change and consider different ways to approach talking about a game because you don't want to do the same thing as anyone else. Like like the people that are out here streaming, you know, I would imagine the ones that are successful is because they have something about their personality or something that they bring to the table that makes them likable. Uh, if you don't have anything that you can do that's unique to your brand, then it's going to be e- even harder for you to get attention because you got to have certain things that make you stand out from the crowd. Uh, and that also goes with traditional media also, you know, doing reviews and so on and so forth. There are a lot of publications now that they change the how they review certain games where either they don't have a score or they just decide to write about a game, and then, of course, with these games that always have constant updates where they're constantly writing editorial content about the game, so they don't really write a review and put a score on it, but they just write different articles, so on and so forth. So you definitely, for the people that will see something like this and they decide, well, I definitely am going to start streaming. But then the question I would ask them is, so what are you going to do that's going to be different from what someone else is already doing that's streaming? You have to really think about these things uh, because... If you don't have anything that you're bringing to the table that is unique about you, then it's going to be harder for you to say, okay, I, I definitely am going to get a huge audience now. It's just there has to be certain things you have to have that you offer your audience besides just just streaming the game. Um, so that's one thing I did want to say, but continue now. Go on to the point that you were going to make. Yeah, um, I'm sure also that uh, part of the reason they did this is because they wanted a, a, a big tax write-off. So like this, you know, it's probably like a, <laughs> yeah. it's, probably, it's probably a huge expense for them to, you know, make the numbers add up come tax time because tax time is close. So um, 
yeah, I'm pretty sure that played into it too. Like they just, they were just giving out money so they could write off, you know, taxes and things like that. But, but yeah, man, um, everything else, I agree with what you said. Oh. Yeah, I mean that, that that that's a good point about the tax write-off. I I I just I I I have, I have to say that this this is a fascinating story for, for me to, to talk about because this is a free-to-play game, you know. So I to spend all this money to advertise the game, it's like EA got a lot of money, I guess, to to just throw around. I I wouldn't have. Um, I mean, if they were going to throw this behind a game that wasn't successful or that you needed to have attention on it, I can understand. But this, as I said before, as soon as this game came out, like the day one, everybody was talking about it all over social media. So I, I don't understand the need to further promote it other than the stuff that you said. Maybe it was a tax write-off or, you know, they wanted to get more people involved because of this audience. But I feel like this is a million dollars that could have been spent towards making sure the next Dragon Age is actually going to be a good game. I mean, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, they should put that money back into the development of some of these other games that people are wondering what's what's going on with this game, that game, so on and so forth. But uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it, listen, if, if it works for them, great. It definitely works for Ninja. So again, I'm not hating on Ninja. Uh, I know I don't need, I don't necessarily need a million dollars. I would have been totally fine with half or even less than that. Uh, but hey, it is what it is. Hey, look, man. Like, I I would go hard for EA for free. Like, if they just said, like, <laughs> like if they if they just said, hey, come to our offices and you know come see uh, Dragon Age, like before everyone else. Like, I would go hard for them for that, you know. But if they want to give one million dollars away, then fair play to them. Keep on doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I certainly agree. But, you know, since you brought this up, I just want to say this, and then I promise we'll move on to the next topic because I don't know if people are enjoying this conversation. I'm not looking in the chat right now. Uh, I, I, one thing I do want to point out, though, and let's talk about Anthem, for example. I know there were some people that were part of that EA Game Changers program, and I know that some a majority of them spoke positively of, of, of Anthem. There were some mixed thoughts as well. But I know that some of these people that spoke about the game in a positive fashion, they got criticized and people were saying, well, EA paid you guys to talk positively about this game. So the question I wanted to ask you is, if you think there is a double double standard here, because these are some of these people were traditional media that spoke about the game and that were part of EA Game Changers that had some positive things to say about it. But now it comes into question their opinion. But then when you go to a, a person like Ninja talking about a game that is already uni- universally been accepted as a great game, but yet no one is saying, oh, well, no, this this game is great. So it's totally fine. I wanted to ask you, do you think that there is a double standard in those regards? Because I think that there could be. Um, wait, so what, what is the question again? Like um, with the game the changes? Qu- with the people that had some positive things to say about Anthem, uh-huh. and then there were certain fans that questioned them because they played Anthem and they said, oh, this game is bad, so EA must have paid these people oh, to okay. talk positively about the game versus them actually outright paying Ninja this money to talk about a game that everybody already thinks is a great game. I wanted to ask you if you think that that's a double standard there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And um, I want to shout out uh, Gaming Illuminati because they suffered from this. Like, because 
uh, they were actually part of the Game Changers program. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, they put out a lot of content. Um, they weren't particularly praising the game, but they were highlighting aspects of the game they liked and things like that. And, you know, when the whole uh, bashing campaign happened of Anthem, they were like, okay, yeah, it has its problems, but, you know, it's still fun. Um, and I agree with that. Like, the game was fun to an extent, you know. Um, and, you know, people, they, they were getting a lot of backlash. People were saying, um, you know, you guys were paid by EA. You were part of the Game Changers. Why should we trust your opinion? But, you know, people are still going to tune into Ninja Stream regardless. And, you know, they're going to, you know, take his word for a lot of things. So, I mean, there is a double standard for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know... I, I just want to emphasize and say I'm definitely not hating on Ninja. I'm glad he's making money, but the one thing I will say, Fortnite, I don't give a damn about that game. I don't understand the fascination of that game, uh, but hey, if people are able to make money like him off of that, great, awesome. But, but uh, in regards to this whole thing with Apex Legends, I just, it, it, I, like I said, I find it more fascinating than anything else because, again, this is a free-to-play game. It already was uh, getting a lot of buzz from people on day one, so I don't understand the, uh, you know, the fascination with continuing to pay all this money to promote it even further when it already is doing well. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> yep. So, uh, on that note, uh, I guess we can move on to the next topic, because uh, there's definitely a lot more to talk about. So, yeah. this news... Uh, came out uh, a few days ago and I, I recall when this news happened because I know people like you have been waiting for this announcement to happen uh, so during the uh, Inside Xbox show this past week uh, it was officially announced that Halo the Master Chief Collection is finally coming to PC and also Steam as well uh, so not just Windows 10 but it's going to be Steam also uh, so the question I wanted to ask you, Gary, first and foremost, uh, w- w- what are your thoughts on this particular news? Because uh, uh, whether or not you're excited or whether or not you think it's too, too late for Microsoft to release this on, on PC. Oh, it's, it's definitely not too late. Like, uh, this is great news. <laughs> this is amazing news, to be honest. Um, and, you know, I'm excited because, like, I, I never, my thing is I never actually beat the first three Halo games. Um, I, I don't even, I'm not sure if I played the first one, but I know I played like the second one and the third one at Mr. Kieran Blackman's house. Um, and you know, I, I, I played ODST and Reach. I, I, I pretty much played everyone after three except, uh, whatever the last one was. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I played a few of the Halos, but I never got to beat those first three. So, um, it, you know, to, to be able to go back and play these games is incredible. Um, and I hope there's cross-play support so I can play with Xbox people too. I'm not sure if that was confirmed or not. Um, but yeah, this is great news. And already, like, a lot of the PC gamers that I play with on Overwatch, like, you know, they're excited for this too. Like, and, you know, the the people I play Overwatch with they're not the type who who gets excited for you know all the AAA games that come out like because they just like certain games but halo was one of those games that was like universally people were like yes it's coming you know so so that's great the only thing they need to do is uh bring halo 5 i think that was the last one right 
that 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 is the last one, the most yeah. recent game. Um, yeah. they, they they also announced the Halo Reach is coming as well. Um, now one thing I, I do want to mention very quickly because I know I, I know I didn't mention this before. Uh, while this stuff is coming to PC, they did mention it's coming in parts. So you know, I guess uh, you'll get Halo one one month, and then a couple months later you'll get Halo two. I, I mean, it's going to be. They haven't really gone into detail specifically how they're going to go about with, with this whole plan, but uh, I, know, I do know that yeah, Halo Reach is definitely going to be coming. So people are going to be able to get that, and of course, those that have Xbox Game Pass, they'll get Reach also for free as well. So um, definitely a great, uh, great move by Microsoft. Um, yeah, and that, and that's great that they're spacing them out too, because I, I like that to be honest, like because for someone like me who hasn't actually played like the first or well hasn't beat the first three like it would be cool if they spaced them out so like okay i get to play halo one beat that then move on to the next one like having it all you know in one it's like it's a bit complicated because then you know my friends like oh i want to play multiplayer on this one but i'm still playing this one then that will get a bit distracting so yeah oh yeah no, I, I no, I agree, and and also, uh, you also should be happy to know that uh, the version coming to PC is not a port. This is built from the ground up for PC, so it's going to have specific features oh, nice. for the mouse, mouse and keyboard controls, etc. Et, et the whole works. So, um, I definitely have to applaud Microsoft for this particular move. Uh, I know that they have been very anxious to try and get more people playing on PC. Uh, Windows 10, and then of course it coming to Steam. This is all excellent news. So I really don't think uh, anybody can criticize Microsoft for doing this. And we obviously know that, uh, you know, I, I, we can only assume Halo 5. This will be coming as well to PC at some point, uh, and as well as uh, Halo Infinite, which is going to be the next chapter in the series. Uh, that'll be on PC also. So people definitely have a lot to look forward to. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad Microsoft made this announcement. I, I, I only complain because I think this announcement should have happened a long time ago. But uh, I understand that when I watched the inside Xbox briefing, they said they wanted to take the necessary time to actually get this stuff in place. And considering that this is not a port of the of the, of the other games, that, that tells me that they are very committed to making the best version possible. For PC, so I definitely I have no no complaints. I, I applaud them for this move, and for those that are waiting, have been waiting to play this on PC. Uh, it sounds like, sound like it's going to be well worth the wait. So, congrats to everybody that uh, is looking forward to it. Yeah, and um, like let me just say about them putting this on Steam, you know, and this is going to tie into stuff we're going to talk about later too. But uh -oh. um, Microsoft really like. You can see that they're really shifting their their way of doing business with Xbox now, like because it's like you know they they've been in competition with Steam, you know, because they have the Windows Store and that is typically where you go to buy the Microsoft exclusives. But now they're saying, hey, you you guys on Steam, okay, go get it on Steam. Like so, <laughs> that's very cool. But it also shows that they are that there has been a serious shift in mindset there. And, you know, that ties into all the other news stories we've been hearing about Microsoft recently that we're going to touch on soon. But, um, yeah, I think that's great news, though. Like, uh, it's great to see that Microsoft, are, you know, 
they're they're really out to please gamers like no matter what platform you're on so that's good oh yeah i agree i agree with, 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 without without doubt i agree on that 100 percent. so uh actually since you already touched upon it we're going to segue into that right now uh you mentioned that microsoft you know they've been making a shift and we now know that uh our cloud is currently planning to bring Xbox Live both iOS and Android. Um, Near. So, before we get into the question about uh, what comes after this, what, what are your thoughts on this news, and what exactly that does it mean about them bringing Xbox Live to iOS and Android? Um, so, I mean, I'm not exactly sure on you know the full specifics of what you can do. Um, like I don't know if you're gonna be able to actually play games and stuff. Um, I don't know, but like you know, on iOS and Android. But um, just the fact that they they they're putting Xbox everywhere is a big deal to me. Like, and it shows their direction moving forward. Like, you know, um, they want you to have access to their content no matter what device you have, and um, that you know, uh, we we've oh, talked oh, about oh. What will happen? Hello? You hear Something me? happened there with the audio. Yeah. Uh, my audio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's fine now. Something had happened for a second. You sound like a robot there for a second, but no, we're, we're good now. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I apologize, people. Connection. <laughs> but yeah, um... I think this is great that they're, you know, trying to put this on every, on every platform. They, they may know something about, like, I, I think Microsoft knows something about the future. Like, there, there's, there's something that made this, you know, made them, uh, made this trigger and made them suddenly want to do this. Um, I think they know about certain things that are coming. And, um, you know, again, this ties into stuff that we're going to talk about later. But I, I feel like they're preparing for the future by making these moves that they're making. Um, so yeah, this is definitely for a reason. Now, there are there have been questions raised from people because it's like people are asking why are they even going to bother bringing out a, a new Xbox console if they're going to put Xbox on every system anyway. Um, and I mean my answer to that is why not have the best of both worlds because yeah. you know you can connect like for for people like me who don't have an xbox they're making it easier for me to connect with my xbox friends so it's like oh i i don't have the xbox system but you know now i can play halo with with my friend on xbox like you know so no matter what system you have like if you have a nintendo switch or something like imagine playing halo with your friends on xbox on, on nintendo switch like that's that's amazing and um that overall gets more people locked inside of the xbox ecosystem so it's good business like you know even though people might think it's um contradictory or it it makes people you know less inclined to buy the the microsoft system i mean you know they're they're still benefiting from that either way you know so uh it's a smart move for sure but what do you think about it rich well well i i mean i well just so i clarify so people know exactly what uh what, what i mentioned the news earlier they, they're bringing the uh 
pretty much the uh, Xbox Live uh, SDK kit. So, that, so basically, you you know, if you have a game that the game developer creates a game on iOS or Android, and they wanted to have Xbox Live features, and they'll, it'll it'll have that uh, as part of the package. So, I definitely think uh, what you said is 100% on the point. Microsoft definitely sees the future. They definitely want Xbox Live to be on every platform. As I know, they mentioned before about being interested in getting it on the Switch. Uh, also, the interest of putting it on PS4, which I personally don't think is going to happen, uh, but I would love to be proven wrong. But um, yeah, Microsoft obviously has they, they they want they want anybody to be able to access Xbox Live from anywhere. So I think it's great. Uh, and then the whole thing you said about them having a console as well as PC. I mean, I primarily play on console. I love my Xbox One X, so I don't have the issue picking up whatever the next Xbox is. But at the same time, I still intend to get a gaming PC. So once I get a gaming PC, we'll see what happens, whether or not I actually uh, stick with the console. But I love playing on consoles, so I may stick with that either way. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have an issue with Microsoft bringing these features uh, to other platforms because, again, it shows that they are willing to expend, extend it out further so that everyone can play and of course communicate with their friends regardless of whatever console they're on so it's good and you know for the achievement halls out there like imagine how it would be like if you're playing something on your iphone or android device or something and you can still unlock achievements and stuff on your xbox account oh yeah like stuff stuff like that would be cool I, I believe our very good friend uh, uh, Ed, Edward B would definitely take advantage of that. So, <laughs> oh yeah, he he wouldn't be in the group chat no more. That's for sure. He'd be too busy playing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, uh, I'm very curious to see uh, what happens uh, next week at GDC. And as you said, we'll get into these conversations a little bit later. But Microsoft is definitely going to be there. There's a lot of indie games that they've already announced are going to be at that ID at Xbox uh, uh, event that they had last year. I was at that event last year and saw Phil Spencer there. So I'm pretty sure they're going to have a lot of great titles there. They already announced all the titles, but they may have other news to share next week. So looking forward to seeing whatever that news is. Um, but in terms of the future of Xbox Live, very curious to see. I, like I said, I don't think it's coming to, to PlayStation 4 or Sony. Uh, you know, I would love to, be, love to be proven wrong, but when I see how Sony decided to drag their feet on the cross-play stuff, I just don't think there's any chance of hell of this happening, this particular thing happening. But, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. So, uh, on that note, uh, we're going to move on to the next topic, and we won't, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this topic because I don't know what you're going to say about this particular topic, but I, I do have something I, I want to say about it because I know when I saw the news and then I saw the reaction of the fans, <laughs> I, I it, it, it made me very angry for, for obvious reasons. So let's get into this story. So obviously uh, there was a report, uh, a rumor that was had surfaced earlier this week that Sony was in advanced board level discussions to buy out uh, Take-Two. You know, so for those who are not familiar of what Take-Two makes, you know, they pretty much make uh, 
the work with, work with Rockstar, they made, uh, you know, of course, Red Dead Redemption 2, all the Grand Theft Auto games, pretty much all all of the 2K games. They, they're involved with all of that stuff. And apparently there was a market watch report that had shown that there were some stocks that were acquired by Sony, that there was something having to do with the acquisition of Take-Two Interactive for a cash deal. Uh, so now here's, here's, here's the thing about this. And this is what made me angry. Now I saw that a lot of the Sony fans, I, I don't want, I don't want to say of fanboys because I'm, I'm pretty sure that their fans are male and female. So I'm just going to say a lot of the diehard uh, Sony fans, they were very excited of this news. Jumping at the scenes, they just, I saw the reactions on social media like, man, if this is true news, this is amazing. This is awesome. I thought, I thought to myself, you know, First and foremost, now, I, I, I definitely can be proven wrong. I'm not an expert here, but I'm just going to say this. No way in hell that I believe that this would happen for a couple of reasons. Number one, I know Take-Two very well. We know 2K very well. This is a company that likes to make money. And if Sony was to buy them out, for people thinking that you're going to have the next Grand Theft Auto exclusive on PlayStation, there's no way in hell that they would do that deal because they love to make money. Why would they release this game solely on the Sony platform when they can release it on Xbox, uh, PC, Nintendo, so on and so forth? And we already know a game like Grand Theft Auto 6, there is no way in hell that that would be exclusive to just PlayStation. I feel like that game is going to be on everything. For the same reason that we know Red Dead Redemption 2 is eventually coming to PC. So I, I, there's no way that I think that their CEO would even agree to that deal because they know they make a hell of a lot more money having it on multiple platforms as opposed to only one. So that that's not going to happen. The other thing I, I, that I wanted to mention is, you know, and I hate to compare Sony and Microsoft, but there hasn't really Sony hasn't had really any news this year. You know, last year when they announced they're not going to be at E3, we're not going to have PSX. I said, okay, that's fine. Coming into 2019, the only Sony news that we have heard is that they said they're going to have, they're going to be focused on having a lot less, more, less releases this year. Okay, that's fine. And we know that Days Gone is coming out next month. Aside from that, I, there hasn't been hardly any news about Sony, about what they're doing with PlayStation 5. We don't know anything. We, we get all these reports, rumors, and speculation, but no concrete news about what's going on with these other titles. Because we assume that they're in development. You know, obviously, you know, all of these games that we've already seen announcements for in the past that we would imagine are coming out at some point in time. They're not out yet, obviously, but all that stuff is in development. So Sony has been very quiet when compared to Microsoft, who it seems like every other week there's a Microsoft, uh, there's, a, there's a story about Xbox that's in the news, whether it's their decision to want to put bring Xbox Live to the Nintendo Switch or even when they have these inside Xbox shows, because they've had their second one now this past week. But they're always constantly developing, you know, bringing news, whether it's a new game coming to Xbox Game Pass, or we're working on this title, it's coming up. And of course, we know they're going to have a huge presence in E3 this year, because they are one of the main conferences for E3 this year. So I feel like in terms of keeping fans up to date about what's going on with the platform. Xbox, they have they have done an excellent job this year in terms of the news that they have delivered. 
And if you also want to talk about Nintendo, we can talk about Nintendo also because they've had the Nintendo Directs. So they've been keeping fans in the loop about what's going on with the platform. Whereas Sony, I haven't heard anything. I, I've seen a lot of trailers for Days Gone. Don't get don't get it wrong. I'm pretty sure the game will turn out good. I don't think it's going to be as great as a God of War or as some of these other titles they release, but it still will be a pretty good game. I would I would say. But Sony hasn't had any hardly any news this year that that you know that has got my attention anyway. So um, I, I think from the standpoint, this is why people when they saw this this rumor, they went crazy because they're like, oh, Sony's going to buy this out. But you got to think about this from a business standpoint. There's no way in hell to take two. Would agree to this deal. I, I find it hard to believe that they would agree to this deal because they know they like to make money. Their shareholders like to make money. There's no way in hell they're not going to want to put a game like Grand Theft Auto 6 on every single platform, as many platforms as they can put it on. I, I just don't think that they would agree to that deal if, if, if it even is on the table. But as I said, I can be proven wrong, but I will also say this. Michael Pactor was another one that was talking about this particular story. We already know Michael Pactor, a lot of stuff he says, not always accurate. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, salt. So that's why I said I wanted to definitely mention that on the show, because when I saw people thinking this uh, this could actually happen, I just couldn't help but laugh. It's, just, it's not, it wouldn't make business sense for it to, ha- for it to happen. But if it happens, great. But I, I really don't think that's going to happen. And, and the other thing is Sony has all these studios that are working on games, why would they need to acquire any other studios? They have they have already proven that they are doing excellent with what they have already. So I don't think they need to acquire anybody else. Just work on the games and release them whenever they're ready. And that's it. But again, that's just my opinion. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this particular topic, Gary? <laughs> yeah, the, I, I don't think this is true at all. It's definitely uh, just a rumor. Um, I know that, you know, this... Uh, the share price for uh, take two shot up uh, because of this rumor, but I don't think it's true. Um, like, first of all, I don't think Sony is in a good position to acquire something that big. Um, <laughs> first of all, and second of all, it, it doesn't even really make sense for take two, like you said, you know, because, um, you know, they have Rockstar and, you know, Grand Theft Auto is basically a license to print money. In itself, like there's no reason for them to want to be acquired in the first place because they make enough money off of, you know, Grand Theft Auto and even games like 2K. You know that makes a lot of money, so um, there's like no reason for them to to want to sell or get acquired by Sony of all people. I mean, maybe if we're talking like uh, I don't know Apple or Disney or something like that, like. You know, one of the big guns, like who are who are going to give you like billions and billions. Um, maybe you would start to think about it then, you know. But um, Sony, I, I I'm not so sure about that. So um, yeah, I don't think there's much truth to this. I don't think it will happen. Um, and let's say hypothetically this did happen and Sony acquired Take Two, I don't think Grand Theft Auto would be uh, first party only. Um, I think what would happen is they would release they would continue to release it on um you know all the big platforms that can manage it and um i think what would happen is that sony like playstation will probably get exclusive content that you can't get on the other versions but the game would the game would still come out on you know other platforms so i think that's what would happen 
See, see that 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 that's a very good point. Uh, it also could be a situation whereas if that deal was to get done, uh, it wouldn't be that it wouldn't be that next title. It'll probably be the title after that that might be exclusive. I, I know that that agent game that was supposed to come to PlayStation a long time ago. That's a game people keep thinking is still going to come out at some point in time. So I guess that could be a possibility if this deal was to happen. But uh, Grand Theft Auto, I agree with you 100. percent the game is so massive, so popular. I just don't think it would make uh, logical sense for them to release it on only one platform when they know that they can get even more money, put it out on Xbox, put it out on PC. So I don't think they would agree. They would agree to that deal uh, if that was to even be something that would even offer. Um, but we'll see what happens because you know a lot of people tend to think a lot of this stuff is going to still happen. Uh, I, until until I actually see some concrete proof behind it, I, I don't really believe it's it's something that actually is going to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the next topic. And I believe we have uh, another topic to get into right after this. Uh, so mo- jumping gears to another company that is, is obviously going to be at uh, GDC next week, uh, Google. Um, we found out some news earlier this week, and, and it, it is video game related, you know, because it's a very interesting uh, decision. But we now know that Jade Raymond, who she was at Ubisoft and also at EA Studio, now she has joined Google as uh, their vice president. So for those that are not familiar with who Jay Raymond is, this is actually the woman who was responsible uh, getting Assassin's Creed uh, serious uh, off the ground with Ubisoft. And of course, she was at EA working on a Star Wars title or, you know, or another action adventure title. But uh, eventually she ended up leaving EA and as well as Amy Henning. So now that she is, you know, joined Google as their vice president, people have a lot of thoughts as to what this means, we all, we obviously know that she has a background in video games. So, what are your thoughts on this particular news, Gary? What was your response when you saw this story first surface uh, a few days ago? Yeah, uh, first of all, good for her. You know, um, I know she's had quite a history in the games industry and and with EA. Um, so yeah, good for her. You know, good to see that she's still uh, making an impact. Um, and, you know, in terms of the actual news and dissecting what it means, um, I think Google is really gearing up for something. Because if you look into it, Google has been kind of collecting former uh, game executives. So, you know, they have Phil Harrison and oh. uh, Jack Boozer, um, who, you know, who is the director of PlayStation now. So they have a few, you know, notable gaming people at at you know google now so i think this means that they're really you know gearing up for something and um of course that's going to tie into what we're going to talk about next but um yeah like i i I just want to tell everyone keep your eyes on gdc because gdc this year like i feel like a lot is going to happen at gdc uh there's going to be a lot of announcements um particularly with vr as well i feel like there's going to be a lot of vr stuff announced and, um, you know, we already talked about Microsoft. They're going to be there. So, and, um, you know, yeah, I think a lot's going to happen. But uh, Jade Raymond, you know, it's great for her. 
um, you know, it was a bit uh, unsettling to hear that things didn't work out at EA because we were all looking forward to that Star Wars game that she was working on and Amy Henning. And, you know, that fell apart, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, good to see that she's still making an impact somehow. So it's good for her. What's your thoughts? Oh, oh no, I, I agree 100%. I, I just want to say, reiterate once again that, uh, yeah, I definitely feel bad that I will not be at GDC this year because it feels like it, this is a year where you actually want to be there. Uh, and I've seen a couple of the appointments that I have been uh, sent emails about. Nothing, nothing related to this because this is like an announcement that's going to be made official. And I guess there'll be appointments in the future, you know, perhaps at an E3 or other events if, you know, they actually decide to, to, to go that route. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely happy for Jane Raymond. Uh, to go to the point of what you said, a lot of people were disappointed about what happened with her and EA as well as Amy Henning. I definitely think that her and Amy Henning may be working together. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it's far fetched to think that she can also bring Amy Henning over to Google because again, Amy Henning is another person that left that company as well. So I, that, that's probably going to happen. Um, whatever they're working on and whatever they do reveal next week, uh, I, I don't know what games are actually going to get announced, whether it's going to be something whereas they're going to be stuff coming through whatever Google's new platform is going to be, or if it's going to just be something whereas the next Assassin's Creed game will also be on Google's uh, console. I have no idea what that is. What that is. And we'll get more details on all this stuff, obviously, next week. But um, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely happy for Jay Redman. I mean, this is it. I would say to go from EA to Google, that's a pretty significant uh, significant uh, role reversal to, to, to jump that, that, that high. But she definitely deserves it, and you can't help but be excited to see whatever it is that they're going to announce next week um, in terms of what their plans are for doing gaming on a much grander scale. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I suppose we can get into, you know, the main topic because that ties heavily into it. Absolutely. So go, so, so go ahead. I'll, I'll have you start this off. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so uh, there's, you know, uh, this is, I mean, is it technically a rumor? I don't know, but basically... No, it's not. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, you know, basically Google has been teasing the future of gaming. Um, so they will be making an announcement at GDC. Um, and, you know, this this announcement is said to change gaming, you know, as a whole going forward. So... You know, with with the news we just spoke about, Jade Raymond being at Google, um, and you know the fact that they have other you know former game executives, you know, um, in their artillery, you know, um, basically Google's ready to get into the gaming market, and this raises a bunch of different you know subjects. Um, now, getting back to Microsoft for a second, I feel like part of their strategy is because they know something about Google. I feel like you know they're they're preparing for the future because of what Google might possibly do because um, Google is very powerful and a very dangerous company. So like, you know, um, you have companies like Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, they've been putting in work in the gaming industry for years. Like, you know, they've got, they got a ton of consoles behind them, video game studios, like they've got assets in this industry, you know, video game industry. 
So imagine for a company, for an outside company to come into the game and just take over everything. Like that is probably a scary thought for, you know, some of these other companies. Um, and they're probably, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure that this might be influencing a lot of what we're seeing currently with Microsoft wanting to work with uh, Nintendo and other platforms. So, yeah, um, it's very interesting that all this stuff is happening. Um, and then, you know, we get this announcement that um, Google's coming uh, coming out with something. Um, now, I'm not, I haven't read into too much of the, you know, the specifics and the, the news that's out there. So I'm not sure exactly what it is they're doing. Um, all I know is that this is supposed to be something game changing. Uh, but there has been many concerns raised from people because people are like, okay, Google is a company that's known for bringing out certain products and services and then they fail and then, you know, they just leave like that space or they just stop supporting, yep. you know, the, the, the platform or whatever it is, you know, um, they've been known to, to be a company like that. So, you know, people are raising a lot of concerns about that. Like, you know, should we be trusting them? But at the same time, Google has a lot of power, you know, they, they got that Android platform, which is, you know, basically the OS for, you know, they, they have a, a lot of market share behind Apple, basically. Like, there are a ton of Android devices out there. Basically, if you don't have an iPhone, you have an Android phone. Like, that's just how it is. Like, so that's a lot of power for one company to have. You know, of course, they run YouTube as well. So there's probably a lot of YouTube integration they can do there, too. Um, so, yeah, they're a very powerful company. So um, it's definitely something that as a gamer and as a gaming media person and as a game developer or whatever like no matter what you are you have to pay attention to this because it's definitely going to be game changing literally no, no pun intended <laughs> so, so what's your thoughts on this Rich? So, so uh, I, I do have some controversial thoughts on this particular topic uh, I do agree with what you have to say what you said thus far it definitely is something to pay attention to. Um, do I think that whatever this Google console is, or whatever they decide to do, is that that it can potentially be bigger than what Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft have been doing? Uh, I don't think so, because and the reason I say that is because I feel like Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony they have built up audiences ever since they've they've released respectively over the last that you know over all the time that that they've been out. Um, I feel like they will always have an audience and they will always have loyal audiences uh, picking up their, their titles, whether it's an exclusive game or a third-party title, people support the consoles. So I, I feel like Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo will definitely be watching this. I think Microsoft, since they are in the mindset right now to work with so many people, they definitely may be working with Google in the future on whatever it is that they're doing right now. Now, obviously, we don't really know what all is going to get revealed in GDC next week. I know they released a teaser video. There's been speculation that it is a console. It's going to be heavily focused on streaming. Uh, we do know that Google, they, they have a lot of different things that they've tried to do in the past that haven't been quite as successful. I'm not saying that this wouldn't be successful, but I do believe that the people that they have involved, they definitely are making an effort to make it successful. 
Uh, I would imagine that there will be some exclusive titles coming to the console again, because I know Ubisoft actually is going to have some type of presence at this event as well, because that was confirmed. Ubisoft is going to be there also. So uh, they definitely probably have some publishers on board. Um, Just trying it out to see what it actually is. But uh, in terms of what it means for the future of gaming, I mean, I don't know, uh, because... My whole thing with Google uh, is that while I do respect that they have been always willing to try different things and that they acknowledge that some things work and other things don't work, I do think that the way that they have been handling YouTube over these last couple of years and the way that YouTube now, a lot of, there are a lot of, a lot of gaming-related channels that used to be on YouTube that are no longer there. And it was because of the policies that were made to the algorithms of how they actually view these videos on YouTube. And I think a lot of people don't like that. I mean, obviously, we've seen quite a bit of people that no longer post on YouTube. Uh, they don't have advertising, so they're unable to make money off of there like they used to. Or they took a huge hit financially if they did have a huge – if they did always used to get paid a lot from uh, the monetization efforts on that platform. So I think that that definitely um, is going to, it, it has had some backlash already from the, from the community. That's going to continue. And if they do announce a new console and they want people to actually use the platform or use their services, some people will use it, but there's going to definitely be a consensus of some that just won't bother with it because they see how YouTube was treated in terms of the platform what, what Google has done done to that platform thus far. So uh, I'm very curious to see whatever they announce next week, how it ties into into everything. And while I do anticipate that it is going to be exciting and it definitely is going to get a lot of people pumped for the platform, I definitely think there's definitely going to be some people that will be hesitant to give it a try because of knowing how Google operates and what they've done to YouTube as far as YouTube streaming, so on and so forth. But again, I'm curious to see whatever it is that they announce and what they're going to bring to the table because all reports indicate this has been in development for quite a while. Uh, so I'm curious just to see what they've been working on for all this time if it has been in development this long. So we'll see about that. Oh, yeah. And I'm really interested in the um, the fact that it's going to be uh, streaming focused and stuff like because... Um, obviously we know that Twitch is like probably like the number one streaming service out there, you know, yes. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and YouTube is like the number two. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if this changes that landscape a little bit. Um, and you know, how this will affect, you know, streaming as a whole. Um, and also, I, I wonder if this will affect things like, uh, you know, because uh, obviously people stream for money and things like that. So I wonder if this is going to give streamers tools to where, you know, they can make money streaming and stuff like that as well. Um, so I want to see I, how, it, how it affects things like that. I, I, I feel like it, it, this is something they definitely need to consider because I know right now if somebody just has a regular uh, Google channel, uh, they don't really get paid a ton of money on that channel. You know, depending on how large your audience is. And of course, you know, because of the way, when, when, whenever you, you, you record a stream now, 
if there's anything in that stream that they may think is offensive, they flag it, and then you have to wait to get the video reviewed. Uh, the way that they do that process right now, I think they absolutely positively need to change that that method right now because I know that there's been videos that I know we've done in the past where we're talking about a game. I know I did a video a, a while back with uh, Mr. Lugo talking about Destiny 2 because he went to a preview event. And just because Destiny 2 was in the title, the video got flagged. So stuff like that, I think um, they definitely absolutely positively need to improve that method. But if they are going to do something related to streaming and they're going to give people more options to monetize their content, that's fantastic. You know, I just feel like they definitely need to consider that in, in, in addition to this gaming-related stuff if they are going to go that route because a lot of people are not happy with uh, how YouTube policy has changed over the last couple of years um, and what it has meant for them financially. So hopefully that is being taken into consideration if they are going to pursue that with this uh, streaming console. But I guess we'll know once we get more details next week in terms of whatever it is they're planning for this uh, console. Yeah. And um, I do have a couple more questions, but I want to um, bring light to something Mark said in the chat. So he said, uh, so what happens if Google becomes a market leader? Uh, so my question for you based on that is, do you, think, do you think that's even possible? Like, do you think Google can come out with something and then instantly become like the market leader? So, so let me say first and foremost, I give a shout out to Mark. That's an excellent question. Um, I honestly think at this point, for, for me personally, I think it depends on whatever it is that they're bringing to the, to, to, to the platform. Now, we're talking about if they're going to release an exclusive game that blows up, then yes, I, I feel it's all about the software because they can announce a console, and that's great. A console that plays some of the same games that are on other consoles, that's great, but that, that's not good enough. I think if Google is going to launch a console, uh, and they're going to talk about they're going to talk about this console this upcoming week, and they're going to launch a console this holiday or whatever. I feel like you need to have killer apps on that system that you can only play by getting the actual system. So if they have a killer software lineup planned, and it is a great title, like a groundbreaking title, revolutionary for what it is, then yeah, it's possible for them to definitely become a market leader over time. But if it's all, but if all they're going to do is announce a streaming console, and it plays the exact same games that you can play on Nintendo, uh, Xbox or One or PlayStation, then I feel like that's that's not really anything that's that they're bringing new to the table. Aside from the console, they have to have some killer software. Uh, other than that, otherwise, it's not really going to bring that much value, in my opinion, to the market. But then again, it all depends because if it has VR capabilities. And it provides a new way for you to play the same game that you can play on another console. That might be attractive, might be attractive. But I still think for to get the most, for them to get the most bang out of their buck, they have to have some killer software. It cannot be just this is a game that you can play. Like if they had not announced Watch Dogs Three is coming to Google's platform, but it's also on PS4 and Xbox One, then I think that that's that that is an L. I would think for Google. Because what are you going to bring to this experience that's going to make it different? And and tell me that I need to get a pick up your console to play this game. So I'm pretty sure 
the people over at Google are very intelligent. They've thought about this. So I'm pretty, I'm going to trust that they're going to have some type of exclu- exclusive software for this platform, whatever it is. But uh, we'll have to wait and see what that actually is. But if they became a market, could they become a market leader? Sure. But it all depends on the software, I think, personally, in my, in my opinion. How about, how about you, Gary? What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be an overnight thing, but like you said, if they get the right exclusives, people will flock to the system. Like, that, that's a given. Um, yeah. But I just don't know how realistic it is for them to get some of the, the top games out there. I mean, we already know that Ubisoft will probably be working with them. So, I mean, you know, if they announce uh, Watch Dogs or Assassin's Creed or something with some sort of exclusive content to Google, I mean, that will entice people, I guess. But they need, they need like, a lot of support from other studios, too, you know, um, aside from just one or two, you know, so. Um, oh, no. Oh, no, I, I, I definitely agree. But I, one thing I will say is that the, the, the potential is... I just want to make sure one thing that I did say was clear. The potential is absolutely very, very much great for them because they are in San Francisco. A lot of the the companies are based out of San Francisco. So the Ubisoft partnership makes perfect sense because Ubisoft is literally downtown San Francisco. That that, that's great for Google, uh, you know, and then of course all the studios that are out in different parts throughout San Francisco, throughout California, they are, they are pretty much right at, right where they should be in terms of all the access they have to different types of developers. So they have a lot of great great potential to have some really outstanding exclusives. It's just a matter of what those games are and whether or not it's going to be good enough to actually bring people to the console. But again, we have to wait and see uh, whatever it is that they announce because I'm pretty sure that even though they're going to announce this console uh, you know, this upcoming week, I would be. I think it would be a little silly if they don't announce an exclusive game that's also coming to the console. I don't think they're going to just outright announce whatever this console is this week, and then there's not going to be some type of software for it. They have to have something to show on that system. So I'm looking forward to seeing whatever that announcement is. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll find out in, in the next couple of days because I think this conference is happening on Tuesday, so we'll know for sure more details by Tuesday. And I uh, can't wait. I'll be definitely looking out for that. But um, <laughs> yeah, another thing I wanted to say is I feel like GDC is about to become the new E3, to be honest, like, because, you know, well, E3 is becoming more public focus and public driven. And it seems like for the past few years you know especially based on what you've told me about going there as well it seems like gdc is a place where media really gets you know to connect with developers and um you know people behind the scenes uh you know more so than than at e3 now so i feel like gdc might start to boost especially with this you know with with this year's uh with microsoft and google probably making huge announcements and things like that um, I feel like GDC is set to be like the new E3, to be honest. See, see, I I, I agree a hundred percent with that with that with that uh way of thinking because when I went to before I went to GDC, I've heard stories about people going, you know, if you want a job in the industry, that's where you go 
to actually meet developers, show them your your demo reel, so on and so forth. And some of that is definitely true because you are able to go there and actually talk to some people at companies to try and get a job. So that's that's true. However, also they do there are a lot of game companies that they're based out of San Francisco. They can't necessarily go to a PAX every single time. They don't even some of them don't, don't even go to E3. But they definitely go to GDC because they're already based out of San Francisco. Like I know a lot of independent developers, they have been sending me emails about appointments to see their games. And unfortunately, I won't be able to go to GDC this year. But a lot of these games like, are games that will get overlooked because a lot of big outlets are not going to cover them. And I saw that, that experience last year when I went to GDC. There was a ton of games that I saw that were just fantastic. And you get a chance to actually sit down and talk with these people. You know, you're not in... You don't, I mean, they do have a, a convention as well that you can go to and play the games, but a lot of these meetings take place off-site at different hotels within the actual area close to the convention center. And going to have an appointment in a hotel versus being on the show floor with a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of noise and chaos, it is a night and day difference how that environment is and then how you're able to take in the actual game that you're actually playing. It's just a different type of experience. So I definitely can see this becoming a show that you would want to go to. And I would give a shout out to uh, our very good friend, David Jagno, because I know he always says this is one of the shows he enjoys the most. I understand that 100% because just going there, it's, it feels like it's a lot more laid back. Um, and, you know, you definitely see and get to play a lot of other games that you necessarily wouldn't get to play at, at, at E3. Um, so I definitely think it's a definitely an important show to go to. Uh, if someone was to ask me, is it more important than E3? Right now, in my personal opinion, I would say it is uh, because E3 is, you know, E3 is more of a spectacle. But the thing about E3 is that you can watch E3 from the comfort of your home and pretty much see everything that you want to see. You'll see certain games that are revealed at E3. But nine times out of ten, you if you if you're if you're the media and you have an appointment to see that game, it's an appointment to go and watch the game and watch someone else playing it. You're not spending any hands on time with any of this stuff. So I would say it definitely is different in that instance because if you go to GDC, you'll definitely be playing a lot of stuff. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it is a great show to go to. Uh, and again, San Francisco uh, Moscone Center, very laid back atmosphere as well as the different hotels and stuff that they have, different events at, that you can actually go and play the games at. I feel that's definitely 10 times better. So I definitely could see that becoming uh, the new E3. Uh, but um, we'll see if that's a route. I, I think it's good the way it is right now, so it should stay that way. I don't want them to make any changes trying to get others to come to the show. But uh, it definitely is, I think, a lot more laid back and chill show compared to E3, which is now more chaotic and more focused on trying to get more as many, as many people coming to the show as possible, which is fine. Listen, they got to make their money, so I'm not knocking them for that. But I just think in terms of what you can play and the different types of games you can experience, I just think GDC is a far better show for that without 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 any, <laughs> any, 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 any doubt at all. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like how um, E3 kind of started out like that you know like they were the go-to source for insiders and people like that developers to share their stuff and 
you know, um, get eyeballs on it and stuff. But then over the years, because E3 started to, to become that known as that that one thing, um, that's why it grew. And then, you know, people obviously started to flock there more and more each year. And then that's how it grow, grew. And that's how, like, E3 is so big now. Because, you know, after years of being that one uh, event where people inside the industry connected so you know that is kind of how they started but it's like gdc they don't have you know uh, like someone in the chat just now said um uh you know uh, gdc almost never announces anything noteworthy beyond insider info so obviously yep. gdc doesn't have the big eyeballs on it like e3 does but i believe that all it takes is something like a Google announcement and, um, you know, a big Microsoft announcement and things like that. All it takes is things like that to be, for people to start paying more attention to GDC. And then next year you might see like, you know, 5,000 more people fly in for GDC or something like that, you know? So, um, yeah, all it takes is one huge year, like for, for an event like this to bring more interest to it. So, I, yeah, no, I I I I, I agree with that. And, and for the person that made the comment in the chat, I'm not looking at the chat right now, but they they, they are yeah they they are 100 correct. You know, E E3 is about the announcements. Uh, of this is a new game that we're announcing, and it is going to be playable at E3, or it is going to we're going to we're going to have a preview of it for you to, to look at at E3. Yeah, it's about the announcements. Uh, GDC, you go to more so to have these conversations with devs. You get a chance to really see the things that they're working on, and and nine times out of ten, um, you know you'll see a game that isn't shown in any capacity, not really revealed to the public at all, uh, until later. And then based upon the news of whatever out, whatever other news is out at that time, that 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 game might get overlooked completely. But I mean, going to GDC, you get to have these conversations, you get to see some of these games, and then of course you also get to play. A lot of the games as well spend hands-on times. I mean, for example, one game that I did get to play at GDC a while back was the Planet of the Apes game that came out. Uh, that came out, I believe, it was towards the tail end of last year, or was it the year before? Oh yeah, it was, it was last year. It was, I believe, it was earlier in the year. But this is a game that I had first heard about it, you know, because I had an appointment at GDC. And it was literally something where they said, you cannot talk about this game at all. You, you can't say anything about it. Uh, I had to sign an embargo, you know, NDA, so on and so forth. And eventually, when they announced the game, you know, it was at a time when there was a whole bunch of other games that were already out. So at that point, it got overlooked. So the timing of some of these announcements definitely is off. But again, there's a lot of things that you get access to at GDC that you may not get because again a lot of these indie devs and stuff they don't have the funds and the means to go to a PAX it's more you know if they're already based in California it makes sense for them to have the show at GDC because their studio was there you know what I'm saying yeah. um, so so that, 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 that that's the point that I'm getting at but also not to make it sound like it's all indies like there are a lot of other companies that I mean Nintendo's going to be at GDC you know Nintendo's going to be there. You know, a lot of other companies are going to be at GDC this year. So, and Sony is there as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure because last year they had a Sony booth at GDC. 
I'm pretty sure Days Gone will be there because that game is coming out next month. So there's gonna be some, it's gonna be there one way or, or form playable because the game is coming out. But yeah, I mean, not just GDC is good for those things, but they also have the panel discussions where you can go to a panel and hear a dev talk about, like for example, you know the people who worked on God of War. They're gonna have a panel at GDC this year talking about what went into the performance, the voice acting, the story, so on and so forth. So that aspect, you know, is another part of GDC that isn't necessarily a part of E3. They did start having these things at E3 recently when they decided to bring in the public where they do talk about some of the games. They do have some of the devs and the producers and stuff talk about their games. But this has been at GDC since the beginning. And even at PAX, to a degree, they have some of these things. But to go to the sessions at GDC, it's just a different type of vibe, a different type of experience and very, very informative uh, section and laid back. So GDC definitely has its benefits. Uh, but, you know, in terms of the spectacle, if you're looking for like a show where you're going to get some major announcements, e E3 does still have that to a degree, but we'll see how long that lasts. Because again, because a lot of companies are now deciding to have their own shows as opposed to being at E3, that kind of takes away from the overall experience. So... We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah, we really got to see how this year's E3 turns out. Like, because, you know, it's going to be so different. So we'll see what, what happens. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll find out. But um, definitely looking forward to seeing what Google has. Like I said, that conference, I believe, is going to happen on Tuesday the 19th. So uh, we'll definitely talk about that for sure next week. See... Uh, what our thoughts are in regards to that. And there's a couple of announcements that are going to happen also at GDC. So looking forward to seeing what that's all about. Indeed. But uh, were there any final thoughts you had on this topic before we uh, get ready to uh, wrap up today's show? No, not really. I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. Like I can't wait to hear all the announcements and stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. So uh, on that note, definitely want to thank you all for tuning in to today's show. Um, I know that there was quite a bit of topics we, we uh, went over, but there's a lot to cover. And I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot to talk about next week because of GDC. So stay tuned for that. I uh, want to give a shout out to everybody on the coalition staff. You know, obviously, Carl and Ed were on last week. We had a great time. You know, they'll be back on again in the future, I'm sure. But I want to give a shout out to uh, JJ, uh, Mr. Anthony Nash, who was actually working on the Division 2 review. So stay tuned for that. That'll be on the site later this week. Uh, give a shout out to Dana. Uh, her and I will be recording a new show soon. I'm pretty sure she's probably watching and wondering why we didn't record our show yet. But stay tuned for that. We are going to be doing that soon. Uh, uh, Tatiana and Mr. Tony Polanco as well. Give a shout out to everybody on the coalition staff. And then I want to also give a shout out to all the fans that were watching the show today. Or if you listen to the show later, we always appreciate your continued support. Uh, and uh, Gary, the floor is now yours for uh, shout outs. Yep. So um, first and foremost, shouts to all the Patreon people. M. Collins, Marisa Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, and Sean Gorty, we thank you all for your continued support. 
um and you know um shouts to the, the people who joined us in the chat today for the conversation you know mark innate edward um you know thanks for checking out the show and everything live um this show always you know there's always an audio version and a video version so look out for the audio version um tomorrow hopefully um and yeah shouts to the whole coalition team and shouts to everyone who showed their support to me uh with my announcement this week as well uh, i didn't realize it would get so much support so thank you <laughs> yeah that's that's a great thing yeah that's excellent support oh yeah so i appreciate it absolutely so uh on that note uh once again thank you all for listening to this week's show Hope that you have a great uh, week ahead, and uh, we'll talk to you all next week.